I love when monitors don't sound good because then I can really like really test my songs. Right. But this is beyond that. Like yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, that's like a trick of producing, right? Is like have shitty monitors because they really, uh, you really yeah. I need to try my songs on every speaker possible, <laughs> but I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare try this one. <laughs> No, it's just our bootleg it's setup. It's just setup. It's funny. When, when, when <laughs> Mickey's got the store running, that sounds really good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. 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 No, the store is amazing, man. Like, Thank you. Really, okay. really good. Hold on. Turn down. He's talking about your store. Oh, all right. I did. <laughs> all right, y'all. We're back. <laughs> yeah. Mickey D's podcast. Yes, sir. We got to, sometimes we got to be clear because uh, the Mickey D show is back. Mickey. It is. We are back and we're actually with. A Mickey DJ D Ross. show uh, alumni. Yeah, our first. Uh, oh yeah, our first alum. On, yeah. on the Mickey D's podcast. I do all the shows, but I get what? I get something or like a coupon or something. You know, <laughs> you, you what? get we'll, a we'll, discount we'll, in the store. Yeah, we'll put okay, something cool. together. Joe pays for that usually, so yeah, whatever, it. whatever you it. want, he's he's good for it. I love coupons. Throw so. it in the bag, danger. <laughs> Do you still guys still get coupons to your house, like mailed, like you know, like yes. Yoshinoya? Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, yeah. What was the last coupon you cut? I haven't. I threw it right in the recycling bin. Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, yeah. What was the discount? No, well, it's twenty percent off. It's only twenty okay. percent or ten dollars. Same man, same. Bed Bath and Beyond. Mm-hmm. Fuck with Bed Bath and Beyond. Where do you keep your coupons? I, not, Mount Ralph really posed the real. But mine's a recycle bin. Recycle bin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you just throw them away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, when when I when I was living in Spain, um, the coupons weren't like even a thing. Like I I used to get them, but in Spain it's like two percent off something like that. It's like ridiculous. And he's like twenty or fifteen percent, and I'm yeah. like, dude, you're like this is a steal. <laughs> now this, dude, now this is a discount. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's always that that drawer of coupons and you know section of yeah. everyone got plastic a bags. Drawer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if Rel does, but. They used right. to. Yeah. But but you don't just put coupons in the drawer. You put other things yeah. in the coupon drawer. You don't have like a... Oh, it's not just a coupon drawer? No, no, no. It's like you put other things in the drawer. What else is in the drawer? What's in your drawer? <laughs> What's in my drawer? Yeah. I don't think I want to know the answer to that. Like candles, <laughs> birthday candles. Oh, yeah. The, the random birthday the, candles? Receipts like from the it. gardener. Okay. Uh, pens. It's a filing cabinet too, huh? Yeah, it's all kinds it's of... It's a multi-use uh, cabinet. Yeah, yeah, it's just you throw anything in there. I think that's where you got to hide some stuff. Tablets. Have we intro? We've introed this. No, we haven't. No, no we have this not. is uh, episode 34. Yeah, Shaq. Yeah, uh, we 
Oh, I know that. Oh, okay. but before before we get into um, uh, our weekends and our special guests, um, for those of you that listen before Wednesday night, we are hosting, we as a Mickey D's pod, are hosting a link up in Boston. Yep. Yeah. Um, shout out to Big Night Entertainment Group. They um, they are allowing us to take over their, uh, re- what's the name of the restaurant? Empire. 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 And so we'll be doing a link up there from, I think, 7 to 10 next Wednesday. Uh, which would be the 26th. Bastin. And we will be recording a pod Bastin. there in a separate room, so we're going to have a few people. Uh, we're going to pull some people out of the link up for that. We can get Randy on the pod. Uh, Randy's the owner of Big Night Live. And then after that, we will all be making our way across the street to the Grand. Uh, Mickey Ward will be co-headlining. He, he, <laughs> he worked it out with A-Track. I don't know if they flipped the coin or if it was just, well, just whatever, but A-Track's like, you know what? I'll let you get the first leg. We'll make 10 to 12. Flyer, just for just Yeah, for yeah. Make your own flyer. Put some, uh, co-headlining at the bottom A-track. I'll make it really bad, too. Yeah. Shit. Maybe so there's a obvious. picture of Khaled and A-track somewhere that can edit. Yeah. That'd be really there good. You go, there you go. Right. <laughs> now we'll um, so, yeah, now we'll be doing that link up there in Boston. Um, please come out. All of our East Coast family. It's going to be a great event. A lot of uh, good people going to be there. And then the day before, there will be a link up at the Foxwood Casino in Connecticut. We will be in attendance. We yeah. will be hosting. But uh, A-Track will be headlining Shrine later on that night. Take a I shot with Danger. Up. Take a water shot with me. Or you have alcohol in your cup and I have water. But, right. um, but yeah, so we'll be on the East Coast next week and just want to get that out of the way. And, um, yeah. So episode 34. Episode 34. How was the weekends? Um, I will kick it off by saying I didn't have any DJ sets. I just went out to Argyle to support. Well, how was Mickey? Valentine's Day? It's oh, the day of yeah. love. It's a scam. That's what it is. And and um, talk ba- about baby, it, baby girl, baby girl's on the same page with me. Dang, so okay. you got a good one. We we uh, we we ordered a pizza, mm-hmm. which is nice. the, all the shit we did is way out of the norm for us. What a, kind of pizza? Just uh, meat lovers, easy what, Mike. Was easy, it was it hard, hard shaped at least or what? Was the no, pizza it was hard Domino's. <laughs> you get the hard Everybody, but I, I saw that most uh, pizza spots were doing that, making yeah. their pizza. Oh so no, we, I guess that was extra. I didn't see that in the app. Or whatever. <laughs> but um, so yeah, we did that. Had some cream soda root beer. Easy oh. Mike. Easy Mike. Um, oh, you were and... fucking the diet all the way up that day. Huh? Oh, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, you I meant out. to make a salad too. I make a really good lemon juice salad, but forgot. Yeah, and then fucking easy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was my weekend. There you go. Valentine's Day, bro. Well, and then you came out to see me on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. That was part um, of your weekend. You did, we were all in attendance, in attendance together. Yeah. yeah. Actually. We were all accounted for in the DJ booth. Yeah. That was always um, fun. Yeah. Our girls are a, a fun venue. Like people dance there. So, and it's a, it's a really mixed crowd that welcomes not just like the, the really cool hip hop, but right. they kind of want to hear a little bit of everything. So a little bit of everything. Yeah. So that I love was the layout of Argyle. It's mm-hmm. way better than when it was true. In my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Argyle true was the club. It was called before it was Argyle. Right. Um, but the layout, I think, is dope. It's sexy. Um, mm-hmm. It has some really great potential in that spot. Yeah. And yeah. shout out to Butch and, and Drew. Yeah, shout out to Drew, man. Listen for the to hospitality. Every Does now it? And then. Yeah, he's he's tagged you and right. Butch. And, um, yeah, shout out to those guys. Um, but, yeah, that was anything we're talking about on my weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my, my weekend was uh, quite light as well. I had a... Private up in San Francisco. I spent Valentine's Day in San Francisco working. 
So, um, and then, you know, I got back in town in time to see our boy Mickey on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, it was a cool, you know, quick weekend for myself. And I feel the same way about Valentine's Day. So that's why mm. wifey wasn't really tripping about me being away for right. the holidays. Because yeah. you guys FaceTime, a little FaceTime? Not on Valentine's Day, we didn't, though. Fellas, you really, before you get into any relationship, you really got to put your foot down and submit exactly what you are interested and not interested in. So this is not a surprise when it comes to it. True. Very right. true. Or exactly. else you'll get trapped. I mean, in- if you enjoy Valentine's, by all means. Go out you you got to give your woman a heads up because <laughs> if she see, she might feel some type of way when she sees all her friends post these stupid pictures of red <laughs> hearts so and overpaid dinners. <laughs> And she might feel, damn, I feel left out. But then you got to help her realize, nah, we just saved money. We didn't fall into some scammy uh, BS that everyone feels they have to be a part of or else they'll feel like they're left out. Get yourself a strong girl and lay these uh, guidelines down before you lay um, a ring on it. Did you just call every other girl that posted something on Valentine's Day weak? Yep. Or basic? I mean, they can take it how they want to take it. Take it how you want to take it. Who might have? Who might have say who you are? That's Mike, that's that's none of their business. Mike, how was your Valentine's <laughs> Day? Anyway, before we get canceled by all the ladies, um, uh, Valentine's Day DJ'd. Uh, well, first of all, there's no Valentine's for me, so um, no pressure of such things. Um, uh, you, 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 Valentine's was uh, Maya. Yeah, so oh, no, that's right. That is right. Yeah. On yeah. Friday night, got a chance to DJ for uh, or with Maya. Uh, co-headline. Perform, co-headline, of course. Uh, she uh, looks amazing still. 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 She, uh, she recently got married. Yeah, she did. Oh, dang. And she Heart. was quiet about it. Breaking, breaking hearts. So all she did was announce that she, that she was in a wedding dress. And she early. actually got married legally yeah. in December of last year. Ah. Legally. And just announced it. This past week, right oh, huh? yeah. Hey, I mean, listen, I don't know what what her approach was, but that's how she did it. <laughs> you know, keep things private. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. But uh, she was amazing. Shout out to everybody at Mansion uh, for the the love. It was uh, always fun to play there. Uh, nice and open format. And you could uh, go a little throwback since Maya was performing. You had that kind of energy and good vibes. Um, we at least got a really good funny video out of it. If you go to my Instagram, we uh, knocked out a little house set for uh, mm. three. Three oh, whole yeah. people. Yeah, I saw, uh, saw that. Lighting guy killed it for us. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> and um, and then Saturday, I uh, had Argyle. Shout, again, shout out to Butch and Drew and the, uh, the guys there. Uh, had a great time. My boys came out. Yes, sir. I appreciated that. Good support from the friends. Um, and just, I don't know, feeling feeling really good going into this week. You know, um, one thing I wanted to... Uh clear up about the last episode which which i don't know about youtube but i've had some djs hit me up expressing how much they nobody loved hits it. me up you know, yeah i had a few guys hit me up saying man like the way you guys broke it down and how open you are about you know what you do really helps us you know especially the up-and-coming djs and to touch base on that that's those are actually my crates that I posted on. I didn't tell you guys for the artwork. I, yeah, I, the feel, artwork, I saw I a crate and on. I was like, oh, that's actually his crates on the artwork. That's my actual crate. Like I, I didn't want you know. It's like, hey, here, here's some transparency. They're not the best names, but I use emojis on my crates. One, one guy hit me up and said, yo, can you just, can you send me like your crate and what it looks like? I'm like, I'm not gonna send you <laughs> my crate. Looks like just just listen to the pod. What's hiding in your crates, Joe? Nothing's hiding. It's just. 
you know, every DJ should have their own thing. And so secretive. No, I'm not. I think yeah, we're very he's, open he's, on this podcast. Yeah, Joe, Joe's, Joe's the but, kind but, of guy that uses the DJ. Hold on, I might get canceled feature. if I don't mention this. I also went to San Diego uh, to DJ El Chingon and hang out with everybody from um, mm-hmm. down there, the roster. Shout out to Kev, shout out to Chaos. Phenom, Phenom. did a great set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to give the man his flowers. Mm-hmm. Phenom held it down at El Chingon. <laughs> Um, he had some courage uh, that came in form of some liquids. Nice. And he was really feeling it, and he went everywhere and had all types of women singing and Dope. dropped the Grease song. Of course and, he did. And it was, it was great. It was old school Phenom and playing his gems, and I got to give him his flowers. And he Dope. set me up, and I played right before. Uh, shout out to Vinny Vibe, who's going to be hosting us, I'm sure, at some point. Um, at the link up, mm. but yeah, much love that. to all them, and we have a hilarious video that you guys will see because we went down there to shoot some content, which I wasn't proud about my short shorts, but we made it happen. <laughs> Was it on brand for you, Mike? Um, you know what, the guerras uh, historically have really great legs, mm-hmm. mm. so it's on brand with my family lineage. Oh wait, I thought that was Shadow Man. That was you. Huh? I thought that was Shadow Man. Oh, you were being serious. No, I wasn't. No, I was yeah, just having fun with you. Being, he's, still, he's still extending it. Still but clearly, Ricky is right next to me. Okay. My, first of all, my beard is stronger. Second um, of all. But, oh, and I held my own against all those dudes. Yeah? In I'm what? In, I'm in shape. It may be round, but it's a shape, and I'm, I wasn't huffing well, and puffing. I, I imagine your endurance is better than theirs. Oh, yeah, for sure. Boxing, yeah, good we had a lot of, had a lot yeah. of thrusting. Um, hey. Motions. Hey. I, held it I don't know you that well, but I know that you have endurance. I mean, that's weird, but we played soccer together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I saw you doing it like, oh, you, you actually. You, See, he can move for a big man. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know you that well because yeah. we, we actually never talked that deeply, no, but yeah. I can tell that. Thank you. My flowers. That's a weird you know, thing to say. I know. But. People talk about your endurance and how surprised you are. It immediately reminds me of Quickie's first experience seeing you play basketball. Oh, that was because Mickey can hoop. And Quickie's first experience seeing Quickie's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I would, and, uh, and not even I wasn't even there to witness it, but I can fully see no, Quickie doing that. You felt saying that, that story and the fa- I, everything. I felt like I was there because I know Quickie so well. You got to be kidding me. Because because <laughs> yeah, you've I mean shit, we've known each other for twenty plus years. Yeah. From basketball. So there's really like nothing I can do that I'll surprise this guy. Mm-hmm. But to be able to do it with Quickie and have him like just be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> come on by. Like it's, it's, you know, friendly. And then, you know, I, I take things very serious yeah. when it comes to sports and got to prove myself. <laughs> it, was, it was genuinely funny. He was like, what the fuck? So, so one thing I wanted to clear up that we fully got off track about was yeah. um, I mentioned transition tracks. Yeah. And when I mentioned transition tracks, I didn't mean like the tracks that go from 100 to 70 or 70. I meant just what track can take you from one genre to the next that makes it smooth and seamless, whether you're going from trap to pop or dubstep to, you know, southern hip hop or EDM to whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, my point was having those tracks ready so people don't even, you know, just to create, still keep the energy up and not make it so apparent that oh he just switched genres which isn't always a bad thing but i just feel like and sometimes a transition track can take you from modern hip-hop to old school like a reset record like Like a oh oh, or well i'm just saying like just if 
yeah, you can use getting on the mic as a transition, and that's obviously one really good way to do it. But if I want to, like, one one thing I do is I'll I'll play, um, I'll go from, and you can do this either way, but I'll go from the baby, uh, Shug, and I'll loop that, those the first uh, four bars or the first bar, and then under that I'll slide in Laffy Taffy because it's generally the same key. And then that'll, because there's that transition of um, the songs being in the same key, that'll take me to my old school crate. Hmm. Or on the flip side, if I'm getting out my old school great to something today, I'll drop, I'll loop that laffy tappy, dun, 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 and then slide in the big shug, I mean the the shug um, uh, notes. So those are track. open-ended for you. So you, yeah, I get you. Yeah, okay. to go from one genre old to new or whatever. But, you know, having those transi- tr- transition tracks are key. You know, sometimes the ones that are really good are like the slam edits on DJ City. Right. That'll help kind of like, what? I see what you did there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> gotta, gotta earn the check around here. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's some great slam edits. Shout out to Kid Cut Up. Uh, he's got some cool little edits on there that yeah. help, you know, exactly what you're saying mm-hmm. um, in regards to just being able to pivot from one crate to another. You know, Were people genre. mistaking uh, your your verbiage when they said, when you said transition? Um, I just listened to the show again. And sometimes when we talk on the show, like, we're so caught up in our thoughts that we don't really hear what each other say. Yeah. So then after I just re-listening to the show and the way, not the way you guys responded, but I guess the way you guys responded was, I don't fuck with transition tracks. I thought, well, I didn't mean those kind of transition tracks. I meant, oh, you know. Okay. And yeah. so I'm thinking, well, if they took it like that, then maybe hundreds and thousands of people. Because we still listen on those transition songs. Yeah. No, the only time I use those transition, well, I, I use going up to EDM or like Pipples, Don't Stop the Party. That's just a great party song for a top 40 crowd. And I play the original, so that's my transition <laughs> up. But I really, it's rare I use a lot of those transitions. Up, gotcha. You know, and, and I transition a lot, um, different BPM ranges. Zach, how do you change tempos? Well, actually, I do two things. One is I normally lay out a set that, goes from one tempo to another. Mm-hmm. So I start at like 100, yeah. and I end up at 150. Okay. So 100, 105, 108, 10, and so 13, on, so on. for some yeah, reason, yeah, yeah, 15, no. 20, you know, yeah. up. Or I just grab the mic and say, if I see the crowd that's like maybe not reacting that well, or, or they had enough of like the Mumbaton style or like the reggaeton and they want more up tempo, yeah. I just cut it and say some words because People need to hear something, like some encouragement. Yeah. And then I go to the up-tempo and, and vice versa. If the up-tempo is getting too obnoxious to them, I just try to slow it down. And, and sometimes I just mix them up, depends. Um, but this is like in a very like um, particular scenario because normally I would, I would do these two things. Like the third one, which is like mixing up, it's just in the case that things are just like an after party right, where everybody has played and there's no really like... The energy is like weird, you know what yeah. I mean? Because you, there's the one guy that played one set, another guy that played one, another set, and everyone is like, you know, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> it's random. So, so before we get into your weekend, Zach, um, let's uh, properly introduce you. Uh, for those that don't know, you should know. But for those that don't know, um, Zach um, had a huge hit back in 2011. Yeah, which I, really set it off for yeah. Boca people. 
exactly. And you that that one song because I think you only produced one song that year, right? Or you didn't do much of any producing. Yeah, back in the day, I used I used to produce one song or two songs per year. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. And well, I I produced other songs for other people. I'm saying about the songs that were attached to my name, like a Sacramento song, properly. Yeah. But I did produce like maybe four or five tracks for other were people. Were they hits? The other tracks? No. <laughs> well, not, well, not we'll just really. blame it on the other guy's branding. No, really. No, I kept the good stuff for myself. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So, so yeah, 2011, Sack was exhausted from touring from Loca People because every that song was such a smash around <laughs> the song world. Was huge. And then yeah. uh, No Boyfriend, No Problem. Yeah, that was another one. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, Trumpets was big. Was a nice crossover track for you. That yeah, that, that got you. Um, I'll say that that was more important than local people. Right. right. Local people, it's a, your it, when your first hit, it always gonna be like insane, right? But then if you don't come up with something else in the long run to stabilize yourself, like like to make your career stable, right? It's really difficult. And Trumpets made that for me. Like Trumpets yeah. made myself like. Um, like established artists where I can say, okay, I have my hits, but I have my sound, I have my crew, and, and I know where where I am or who I am in terms yeah. of like artistic value. And that song uh, gave me that. So yeah, that was more important for me then. And Both. that was a collaboration with Sean Paul, of course. Yeah. And um, and then you have your Barnett's own label as well. Exactly. And you guys constantly put out really good uh, uh, Latin vibes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we do that. We try to help um, Latinos all around. Yeah. Uh, no matter where they're from. But, you know, just, you know, trying to get this sound out uh, in the wild. Yeah. And so you were just in Peru this weekend for the first time, right? Yeah, first time there, man. And I got to say, like, this this, this country, uh, uh, as far as I know, rocks really, really good. Yeah. yeah. The, the people that I had the pleasure to, you know, play for weren't really... Electronic music people, they were more like casual party goers mm -hmm. that, because it's carnival time. So they right. just go there and drink, right? right? So it's probably a lot of people that don't party as well because the carnival probably only brings out, um, or, or not only, but brings out people that usually don't party, but because it's such a big celebration. Yeah, it's celebration. like a New Year's Eve situation. Sure. Okay, gotcha. there you go. And they had this huge event and they usually, um, until me, they just had singers like uh, Sedge. Or uh, they they mentioned Sedge or you know this kind of Latin artist you know, artist that yeah. that's you know um, that's available nowadays. But they wanted to try DJs because they understood that hey look, if I bring one singer, it's gonna be like fifteen to thirty minutes um, show for that amount of money. Right. If I bring a DJ that's that has a brand and has a has a name and has songs, it's gonna be one hour and a half. Yeah. For the same amount or less, and particularly less because you don't have the the writer to actually, you know, be like lines and, and the, the you know the mixers and all that. It's just a simple line, uh, simple writer for a yeah. DJ versus like a huge and complicated writer for a for a singer. And also singers come with you know their technicians and all that. Mm -hmm. So, and the funny thing is that I, I kind of predicted that, and we had this conversation years ago, like the the Latin promoters they have and they'll they will realize that it's easier for them to book djs that play the same music for longer and they're cheaper to bring than actual singers singers they're, they, they're never going to disappear but what i'm saying is like with the edm this happened to the western uh english-speaking countries where you used to have only 
hip hop acts and now you yes. could bring a, a DJ and he plays for she plays for one hour mm-hmm. and makes you know the the night longer right so, was just a little more cost efficient too yeah from yeah. so I, I was I was really glad that they said that to me because I was like shit yeah yeah because this is not good just for me it is good for every DJ yeah in in every aspect and even for the non-Latino DJs is good because right. it's a new market to, to talk. And, and if they see, if surrounding countries and cities see that that DJ experience worked well for them, they're going to want to copy that. And so that opens yeah, up more opportunities if, if, for you. If one thing Latinos do well is copy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> be sure of that. Yeah. First time in Peru, correct? Yeah, first time. First what, was, time. Uh, what was your favorite thing about Peru, this trip? Um... So the hospitality, mm. yeah, uh, not the uh, the writer hospitality, which was like the human hospitality. Okay, where, right. yeah, the the promoter was nice. They um, they try always to please you in every way possible, yeah. um, and um, they they you know um, they were really good people. Mm. In, in oh. this, I mean, normally they're good, but in this case, I, I got a hands, I got uh, you know hats off to them because they were really um, trying to make themselves you know. Really good for me. Dope. dope. That's the token fat guy I can only think about getting Peruvian food mm. in the homeland because that's I like one of my that. favorite, favorite. Funny thing, I didn't eat anything. Uh, you didn't eat it? Like, like no local food. Oh. Because, really? um, yeah, I didn't have time. <laughs> uh, what? I didn't have time because I landed at 1 a.m. Okay. Um, the night before the show. Okay. I woke up, like, took breakfast in, at the uh, airport lounge yeah. and then I went to sleep and then I woke up and had a like a small bite before the show and then I, I left. So wow. I actually didn't have oh, so you, the chance was, to actually eat. It was a quick oh, yeah. trip. So you're in and yeah. out. So. All right. Well, there's a Peruvian spot in Reseda or somewhere. We'll go. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually took him the, it's not Peruvian, but I took him the Tres Hermanos for his birthday last year. I remember you telling me. Yeah. yeah he, he enjoyed the Tres Hermanos Mexican. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was good, really good. Good for him. So um, you collaborated with DJ City on a tr- Barnatone collaborated with DJ City on a track called Tocame. Yeah. Did you get a chance to play that uh, in Peru and how was the reaction? I did, I did. Yeah. I, I played a actually a special version that I cannot talk about right now, but uh, the track is really like I tried the track before in other in other venues and mm-hmm. it really really works. Uh, especially because every time I play the track or every time the track is played by someone else, it always gets the same reaction which is what is this? Yeah. Right. And you told us last night that it had like 4,000 Shazam hits. Yeah. And it's not even out. It's not out. And it's, it's you know. In a, it's in a week, 4,000 hits in, in a, a week. In a right? week. And no promotion besides what we do on, on social media. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's just people actually reacting to it. Well, there's, there's um, the song is played on Sirius XM, People Globalization. Well, that helps a lot, obviously. But I'm saying, you know, it's not normal for a track that's not released to get this amount of, you know, attention. Yeah. Right. And when I did trumpets, for example, I did post the instrumental on my social media and I and I got the reactions and I knew that song was going to work mm-hmm. because of the reactions. I didn't know how big it was going to be, right. but I knew that the song was engaging. It's the same case. I know the song is engaging because I even got emails from people asking me about the song, which is weird because I don't know where they got my email from, but... They're like, where I can download the song, emailing me. 
Right. You normally send me a DM, right? Right. So that's that shows you how how anxious they right. they, they are They're about the song. Effort the streets to find you. So so based <laughs> on that, am I am I jinx it? I don't think so. But you know, um, I, it looks really good. Yeah. And it'll be officially out by the time. Yeah, February 21st. Yeah, this Friday. This Friday, 21st. It's It's the first collaboration I do with DGCD. So it's out now. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure to go stream. Yeah, it's out now. And and what's the story behind uh, Tokame? Well, as always, when you make good stuff, it's always accidents. Yeah. (laughs) Happy (laughs) accidents, Happy accidents. Uh So the story, it goes like this. So Franklin, uh, which is a friend of mine and one of the artists that we have on Barnstone, I collaborate a lot with him. He made a totally unnecessary remix of trumpets five <laughs> <Unnecessary>. years later. <laughs> he goes, to, he comes to me and sends me the remix like, yo, I made the remix for trumpets. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just, the song came out in 2016, but fine. And, um, but Salvi and I were like, well, this remix is actually good. The beat, <laughs> yeah. the beat, the beat on this remix is actually good. So Salvi took the beat out of the, the 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 remix we 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 actually took the stems and and uh, used the beat and then we were like playing with it and um we just put a like a, a placeholder like a guitar sample we found on splice over that beat and we just uh, I think it was Savi that made a an Insta story so I wasn't even sure about it and he made an Insta story about it we just posted it and I I think it was like five seconds after this Edwin calls us. Yeah. Says, what is that? What the f- is this? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it's just something we did. It's like, this is fire. You got to do something with it. And I'm like, I, I don't see it. I mean, I'm like, I like it, but I don't see how you are so excited about it. And then he wanted uh, that song to be, you know, um, finished, obviously, in the way that it was that we were doing it because we weren't, we weren't going to keep the guitar. We were doing something else. We just yeah. put the guitar there to see how people would feel about it. And and it turned out to be the thing. And wow. and then more people started to hit us up. And then we started to see, oh, this is something that might be, you know, we might be onto something. Right. But we didn't see it. Edwin did. That shows you, man. Like, as a producer, you know what you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think what I've noticed about your production in general is like it's it's very straightforward. It's very simple and straightforward, and everything that hits is a, it, it's effective, and I think it, it connects with the listeners. But and I say that because you get a lot of guys, a lot of producers that try and get a little too obscure with it, or or they overthink it. And that's one thing you always tell me: just keep it simple, don't overthink it. Yeah, but I always tell you that. But do I do it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the question. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we weren't going to do it. We weren't going to uh, keep the guitar. Right. We, were, we were to put something else on that song, but we didn't because someone t- told us not to. Right. So, you know, producing is really like a strange battle between the song and yourself and your mentality. Because mm. the more you get into a song, the more you lose perspective of it. And it happens many, many times that you had the hit in the first 10 minutes and you destroyed it because you thought that it wasn't that good because you got used to it. Yeah. But then, you know, uh, many hits don't happen because of that. Also, a lot of hits happen because, you know, accidents, you know, like when I did local people, I didn't have time to think because every time I was doing something, someone would call me 
or something would happen. I made the beat five minutes in five minutes because I had to leave because I had the I had to go to a radio show, so I didn't have time to rethink. I just did the beat, left, then listened to it on on my car. I was like, oh, that's good. Maybe if if I had stayed in my studio for a longer time, I wouldn't have done that beat. Then when I put the scenes on the beat, my ex-girlfriend at the time came to me and we were were going to go for a run or something. And I was like, what should I put in here? Uh, She came to the studio. And I randomly picked one sound in Nexus. Um, and I liked it and we went to the run when I came back I fucked with that sound it was like I left it there yeah. mm. and people would say how did you make that sound it's just, it sounds really good <laughs> it's just it's Nexus, like go to Nexus, Nexus. <laughs> square, square Leeds library it's a, it's a square lead number three or something like that Yeah. and people like how did you make it no it's just a preset and, and it's so important that you have that story and you share it because for a lot of the EDM trap producers, they um, they think they need to create this a special synth or come up with something again obscure to separate themselves. But if you just make something funky and and keep it simple, you yeah, I mean it depends. <laughs> you can have a hit based on your amazing capacity or your amazing your skills with making sounds like Skrillex or something like that. Right, right, right. Or no, you know, it's, it depends on every case, but most of the, in most cases, like even with, with these guys that really know the stuff, because I'm not an expert. I mean, I, I, I'm a good producer, but I'm not like the best. But for every hit that's made, I think most of the time it happened because, you know, accidents. Right. I, I don't think that has ever been a producer that goes to the studio and say, today I'm making a hit <laughs> and it made a hit. Yeah. Right. Because normally when you say, I'm going to make a hit, oh man, no, yeah. it doesn't. I mean, if you know someone that does this, <laughs> let me know. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> Put us in contact. Yeah. Um, what's your, what's the thought process going into the, the start of it? Like, where does that creative process begin uh, besides the presets? Oh, it, <laughs> I mean, it depends. Sometimes you do stuff because you, you have to do stuff. Okay. And sometimes you just do stuff because it's fun to do. And normally that that's It sounds what, like you work really well under like pressure. Like did you do the homework the night before? Uh what do you mean like under pressure? Like the, the when you when there's a time constraint, when there's time that Well, I, I do sometimes work under pressure. Yeah. And uh because you know working under pressure is very simple because if you spend a lot of time producing, you already have your own library. Right. You already have your own way to do things. Mm-hmm. So it's basically you just go for the fast stuff. Okay. And working under pressure is actually good for me because it doesn't let me think a lot, which is good. Sometimes when, when Joseph and I would go to a, a venue and play something, I would make some edits before. And because I had just one hour to do them, they were really good. If I had more time, maybe I would just go crazy and I was like, no, no, I, I'm just going to do what it needs to be done to get this reaction. And that's more than enough. This is music. This is not like... You know, um, math- mathematics for, you know, no, it's music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, uh, I, I want to talk about the, um, you had some thoughts on the uh, clubs versus uh, festivals. And we, we actually, originally we talked about this a couple of years ago where I think for G- DJ producers, 
chasing that festival world was still kind of a thing. But, um, but and you said, no, they shouldn't be chasing festivals. They should be trying to get into the clubs. Why would you, as a producer, not just as a top 40, not, I mean, not as a DJ like us, but as a producer DJ, why would you favor um, the clubs over the festivals, in America at least? Well, there's, there's many reasons, but business reasons, clubs were there before uh, festivals, and they will be there before festi- uh, after festivals. Yeah. Um, dance music started in clubs. Festivals were for rock music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just electronic music got greedy and then that they made festivals which i understand but they're not the natural place for dance music is clubs because dj's like we don't sing <laughs> so some something but like 90% of dj's don't sing just press buttons right. if you strip out of all the effects fireworks and everything dj is basically uh, it's made for for a club because you need the people to be in a certain distance from you, not like a mile away. And so I think um, that's why the clubs, they're always been there. And I get the hype for many newcomers. Like, I want to play in a festival because they think it's going to be good for their brand. And in some way, it's going to be good for their brand, but it's also going to be bad because unless you're like the headliner or like the the first line of the bill, you're not going to get noticed a lot. Right. Instead, if you go to a club and kill it, you're always uh, in a club. You most of the time you're gonna be the headliner, even if you're not really that big. But you're gonna be the headliner. People are gonna pay attention to you. You're gonna build a loyal fan base that's gonna sell tickets to another club and sell tickets to another club. Because let's be real here: like how 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 many DJs would sell tickets yeah. outside a festival that are on the festival? Right. Just the headliners. Well, our our friend. Um our friend, um, uh, Mr. White, he used to, he, he, I don't know if he knows, but he's not at Avalon anymore. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and, and Sack Noel had did a couple shows at Avalon, Barnatone Takeovers. And um, he had told me if they're, if they booked an artist uh, or a DJ and a DJ was proje- projected to sell X amount of tickets and if they that DJ didn't deliver on those tickets, then let's say the DJ was 30K, they would take back, let's say, 10K because the DJ didn't live up to the hype, essentially. And then they'll check the DJ's, like, accounts to see, did they promote the event? Like, how hard did they push it? Did they, you know, just, you know, do everything they need to do on their end? And most, I think, all the agencies say, okay, take back what you think is right because these agencies have other, like, 100 other DJs on their roster Right. So they have to play ball if they want to continue to get their guys going through that club. Yeah, man. This is this is what's happening. And um yeah, but you know, it's it's Instagram and social media is great, but you know, you have to be in the mind of like a thirteen year old that's seeing this and, and and obviously his goal is gonna be like festivals, right? And that would be cool because you're starting and you need exposure and that's a great place to to actually expose yourself but think think this is not the only the only you know venue that's going on but there's a lot of venues around the world smaller venues that could pay you more or less the same amount of money that you get on a festival because you're the solo you don't have to share the you know the money with a thousand other artists right 
And um, it will give you exposure as well. Maybe not the way you think it's going to be, but eventually when you get older and stuff like that, clubs are going to be there for you, yeah. right? Festivals, you know, it's been like, what, five years, six, seven years of like really big festivals? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say we're right now at the peak of them. Everything at its peak, it's great. What's going to happen on, on their decline? Right. I want to see that. I mean, I don't want to see that, but I want to see as, <laughs> as, a, as an external person, I want to see because I like this, you know, to know stuff, what's going what's gonna to be the reaction, right? Yeah. And the clubs, they have already proven that they've been there for like, disco was created in a club. Right. House music was created in clubs yeah. or, or like raves and stuff like that. So, I think with festivals, and you guys can kind of put in your opinions, but it seems like where we're at today in 2020, it's just so much easier to go somewhere without going somewhere. You know, like the streaming, mm. the ability to just interact or watch stories. Like sometimes you'll have those moments where you get that FOMO, the fear, you know, not being there. But most of the time, kind of like, I'm happy I'm in bed. <laughs> like <laughs> Save nah, a lot of money. You know, or I'm somewhere else. Or like, you know, when I look, when I think of things like just as the prime examples, right? Like EDC looks like a lot of fun, but like as a consumer, like. It's I think not, we're, we're older too. Well, hundred percent. I'm not EDC's demographic. Look, man, yeah. Like I think back to when I the only the few concerts I went to when I was in my twenties was Rock the Bells two and three, and I think yeah I went to four we're as well. Old. But but Rock the Bells two, like we were in that crowd. Our yeah. feet were burning from yeah. standing up the whole time, and because we we loved that music, we loved those mm-hmm. artists. Now I got to think about now nowadays. I ain't going to a festival unless you give me some backstage shit. Hold up. <laughs> but we did but we left before the headliner. Yeah, that was a long day. So Couple, yeah. let, let, I will say that. Well, like, Wu-Tang we we might have did it, not Lauren. Well, one, Lauren. one of them uh, Yeah, Lauren was Lauren one Hill of them while we were leaving. I think Well, well another Nas. one I went to oh, there was, went to, it was Yeah, Nas did a surprise set. Yeah, that's we saw him. That's yeah, another thing like many of the uh, people that go to a festival, they don't even know who's playing. Right. True. It's just a place to be. Yeah, right. just the place to be is the hype. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, and that's why it's like, it's for the younger crowd. And that's why it caters, it, it works for the younger DJs because the younger crowd will identify with those 16-year-old producer DJs. And let me throw a curveball in here. We're also in a day and age where the people that are famous aren't actually famous, right? They're famous based on their Instagram or their metrics. Correct. Social yeah. status. So everybody thinks that they should have some sort of elevated experience from the person who's buying a GA versus mm-hmm. like us, like mm-hmm. when we were going to concerts to age us a little more, like you actually had to be somebody to get backstage or to get credentials right. or whatever. Now, like, I mean, for Coachella, I'll say it. I think that the cooler spots or parties aren't even happening at Coachella. They're right. happening around, right. you know, and people will rather go to those things because there's access. Well, and I've said this before on the pod. When when I was with Redfoo and we did Miami Ultra uh, weekend or week, it it wasn't about being at Ultra. It was about going to the parties yeah, around correct. Ultra. And yeah. That's we we hung out at a, a one or two of those. Parties. Yeah, that was a great party. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Redfoo threw his own party at a, at a pool, um, but 
it wasn't a, you weren't you I don't know you probably weren't trying to go to Ultra you heard about all the parties no, going at the hotel I never went to Ultra never played yeah. there and never went to it um unless they pay me yeah right my fee I'm not gonna go and play Ultra mm, because sorry. my brand doesn't need it mm, right mm. because that's the thing like. I try to build my brand to stay away of that. I mean, I don't want to have a brand that depends on being on a festival. Yeah. That's that's suicide. And, and can you talk, can you speak on your experience with EDC Mexico and what you turned down? Because originally they they, they asked you and then you turned them down. Yeah, you well, the, the first time they asked me about playing there, uh, they wanted me to play in like in a stage that I didn't think it was right for me. But I said, uh, thank you, but no. Yeah. It's I, I, I'm, I'm like I want to play to the in the men's stage, and and so, anybody would jump at that offer and want that opportunity just to say they play EDC Mexico. Yeah, but uh, yes, I suppose yeah. I guess. But I mean, like it wasn't right for me at the time. I was like, no, I mean, I'd rather do this or not do it at all. The main yeah. stage or not do it at all. Yeah, and they accepted, um, yeah. and you know, um, because like uh, the hype is not affecting me you know what i mean like for me it's not better to be at edc or whatever festival than not to be on it like it does, yeah. i mean it has to be right i mean if i go to a festival or they book me it's because of something right not because i have a connection there or you know someone that i know because that's gonna lead to nothing it's right. just gonna lead to a picture on instagram and people will be like i'll have like 200 comments on the picture and that's about it and you also mentioned if you were to do that side stage, it probably would have hurt your brand more than helped it. Yeah. Which, which sounds crazy because if I just say I did EDC Mexico, I'm going to flex that, you know? I always say the same. Like, there's more DJs not playing at Tomorrowland than playing at Tomorrowland. Sorry, vice versa. There's more DJs playing at Tomorrowland than, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because that's a... How like, that's the a exclusive thing to do right now is not play at a festival because every, every DJ plays at the festival. Right. And if you start to see like it waters it waters the festival down, like everyone's playing at the festival. Why? Right. Yeah. Why is that? Like I don't understand. Well, the people that know know why so and so and and this group of guys are playing at the festival. One thing that Fu broke the Red Fu broke down to me was these guys like these big these companies that throw the festivals, if you don't take these festival bookings and take the rate they're offering you you're screwed to do their other festivals and their partners' festivals. So if you want to play that, if so if you want to, you know, if you want to DJ these festivals, you have to play their game. And if you don't play their game, you're you're done. You're not. Yeah, but there's a lot of games you can play. Right, yeah. right. But but if I'm like a 17 year old kid and is listening to my agent, you know, and I'm and my agent's like, like a new agent because you know <laughs> it looks bad on the agent if you're this up and coming superstar. And you don't do this. Festival. If, you, if you're an up and coming superstar, they'll come to you, and you don't have to right. worry about. It. You can but demand whatever you want. I guess, yeah. Like, yeah, it just comes down to creating that demand, right? Like, yeah. what do you, what if they out leverage you with their brand over yours? Then maybe it's not time. Yeah, and that yeah, goes back to you building Barnatone and just exactly. That's why I built Barnatone. One of the reasons because I, okay, I mean, I think I rather have my own thing that depending on someone else's. Yeah, uh, and I respect those guys because they did build empires. Yeah, which you know I have to respect that, but I don't like their rules. Sometimes, sometimes I play along because the rules for me are fair. Right, but you know, uh, I rather have my own stuff. Right, 
And what do you what would you say the three points? Uh, we talked about this the other day. Um, the three points of connecting your brand with um, with music you produce or just what clubs you do because we talked about branding on this show a number of times. But I, I want I want you to share your thoughts on um, yeah, branding is the key, right? Like it's the key to everything. Like the brand is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Music and brand. It's, there's nothing else. And people need to be aligned to your brand. Mm -hmm. The same as your music. Because if there's a misalignment, it's not going to work. Like, n not even the, slight, like the, the, the smallest misalignment. It has to be 100% aligned. And the brands that work are 100% aligned with their, with their target. So I always say the same. Like, if you want to know who you are, just define yourself in three concepts. If you can define yourself in three easy concepts, that means that you know who you are as a brand, right? And if people see the same concepts as you uh, do, then you're 100% aligned with the people, so you're good. Yeah. So that's one trick I do all the time to me because it's very easy to get detached from, from, from your persona because, uh, let's be honest, it's very difficult to know what, people expect or what do you want because people might think like let's say <clears throat> i'm really good at producing electro music right right but i get tired of it yeah okay so people they still want me to produce electro music because they like it but they don't know that i hate it right now right. so how do we correct this right. right either you know there's there's gotta be a way you have to know what they want and you have to know what you want and try to make things work as the only possible way. And what, are, what would you say are the three concepts of Barneton? Barneton? Barneton is Latino, obviously. It's international and it's fun. It's the same concepts as my own brand. Okay. Um, the only thing is it applies to more people. Mm. Got it. Because, yeah. I mean, being alone, is, it's kind of difficult yeah. um, in, the, you know, in the scene. Yeah. So um, Barneton represents that. Love it. And, and I think um, it's important for DJs and not just DJs because we have more than just DJs that listen to this podcast, but I'm use DJs as an example. It's important for DJs to, um, when you're taught, when you're working on getting booked in clubs, well, does that club align with your brand or does your, or what, what you're doing um, align with that club? You know what I mean? Like, are you just taking bookings or, or does that, you know, does that club work well for your brand? If not, then why would you do it? Yeah. You know, because right. now you're just, it doesn't, it looks off. It doesn't look organized. It doesn't look clean. Yeah. Let, let's just like, there's, there's one thing though, like you have, you have to take out the equation, the economical need. Sure. Like there's, there's always the economical Which is need. usually in the equation. Yeah. So we're speaking all the time, but without having in consideration that people need money and whatever rules you you can have sometimes you just need the money and you have to take it right. and you may have the idea of not playing at this festival or this club or you have to do it because they pay you you know uh, i respect that as well yeah. but if you take uh, this out i align 100 percent with what you say yeah i think it's it's tricky i think we brought it up before but like sometimes even in the real world right to relate this not to just djs but um Sometimes you're doing a job you don't really want to do, but mm. because you got you got bills to pay, it's hard for you to risk not having that consistent check. Yeah, doing something you don't really like versus maybe chasing something that you really love to do that may not pay as much. 
And, and I think, with, but within that, because I think at some point we all had jobs we didn't want to do, but within that, you, you should be exercising some, some brain muscles. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is figuring out a way to be creative within that job. And, and not only that, but game planning for the next scene. Because, like, I used to work at a textile factory. I used to work in a, in a warehouse shipping out linens and soap and towels to hotels and, you know, wh- whoever would order them. And, you know, if I were to talk to myself then, you know, I would, if I would look back and talk to that guy, I'd say, you know, you want to be a baseball player. Well, you got to practice being disciplined here. You got to practice being on, staying on top and being focused here. Because that's what it's going to come to when it comes to the real shit. If you can't do that at this warehouse with all these ex-cons and, and people that don't give a fuck about their life, then, you know, who's to say you're going to do it when it matters? You know what I mean? Um, you know, a few different ways to look at it, but, but yeah. You ever feel in danger at your job? So. Nah, those dudes, they, they love me. I was, I was cool with all of them. I was that's where like your, the your name brother. come from? The huh? danger zone. Danger zone? They gave me the name. <laughs> Jesus. Nah. He, did you know his old DJ name? No. Nope. <laughs> that was the DJ best. Juggernaut. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. Well, how long was that? Right. What's that? How long ago you had this? 2000, uh, when I started DJing, like 2006. Rolled with it for, I don't know, a year maybe? Yeah. Changed it while I was in college. I like Danger Zone, man. Remember. Yeah, Danger Zone's good. Yeah, Danger yeah. Zone's bad. Yeah, good change. There'd be no but man, like, Mickey but that's good that you bring this up because you know you learn a lot. Like, you're not the same person as you when you started, right? Exactly. Like, you you you've learned. You know, it takes time to build these things, and and you you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes, and I still do. Like, I'm gonna make a mistake this week and probably next week and and <laughs> the, the whole year. Yeah. But one of these, it won't be a mistake. It will be a win, right? But you know, it's normal. And that's what's unfortunate about people that don't understand that it's so that people do evolve. Like if you were to judge someone based on what they did in 2012 or who they were in 2012 or what they were promoting and pushing, especially in this business, if you, if you'd hold them to that in two, in 2020, then you're, you're, it's, it's not fair. You know what I mean? Because that I, I think of so many things that was happening in 2012 for other people. And if I still saw them in that light, and not giving them the opportunity to show that they've evolved and they're doing something different. In this business, you're kind of going with the trend. So you're forever evolving or trying to figure out who you are. It might take eight years to figure out who you are or what your brand is. You know, like I had to get out of the whole LMFAO thing and the whole party rock thing. And it sucked that some promoters and bookers were still holding me to that. But it's always going to be this kind of obstacles. It's, yeah. it's impossible. Like I have these problems too. Obviously, when, when you have... A career that's long some people is going to be like hey i like you because you did that song 10 years ago and i haven't heard anything else from you yeah i'm like okay cool mm-hmm. but oh, i'm not going to go to your club and do that because you know right i, I don't want to do that right take out the economical need yeah. um but then there's other people that catched up or sometimes i i i, I read tweets like oh remember sacramento that started out doing electro back in 2010. Oh, now it's doing Mumbaton and it's pretty good. I'm like, oh, this shit is safe. I save it because it's like, this is really a recognition of my work. This is better than any award that you can receive. Sure. This is true words from someone you don't know. Yeah. It's actually stating what you actually fought for. Right. You know, trying to evolve, but trying to stay, you know, in the same concepts as the right. beginning. But the sound, it needs to evolve. 
And if to evolve, you need to surround yourself with new people, new team, everything, do it. Because, you know, you change, people don't change, then you, ha you, got, you have to change people. And, and not just new people, but people that have the, their finger on the pulse of what's going on, right? Yeah. I like think Mike can connect with that in the, in the uh, fashion world. The kids lead the way, right? Yeah. I mean, you, again, it's, it's what you were just saying. Like you, for the most part, in the business side of things, you kind of have to follow somewhat a, a guideline, you know, that you're being given that information by other people. And then it's just our job to adjust while keeping, like you said, the brand integrity, you know, within our means. But I think that's also why, you know, we built our brand around, um, it's not around the product because the product is always going to change. Exactly. If we yeah. don't change, we can still offer the same experience. We just might be selling something different, you know? And I, yeah. I, if I told you what we sold, I mean, we sold women's clothes in here before. And, and, and I mean, women wear a lot of stuff we wear now, but I, I'm sorry that we offer <laughs> that we wear now. Um, but, you know, at some point we had like dresses we were, and we were trying to keep up, you know, versus not being ourselves. And I think once you're, when you're yourself, that's when it translates the best. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was going to say, and I was going to ask you, um, with Loka People, I felt like it was that time where people were really searching for those up-tempo songs, right? And you could kind of sneak in. I remember playing and going back sometimes and looking at some of those crates, and I'm like, damn, I, I was playing this song. And, like, <laughs> it doesn't have that, like, that longevity. Loka People has that longevity because uh, it's just good music. Then Trumpets comes out, you know, years later. It's now five, six years ago. And it feels like maybe a, a song that it still made a great impact, but maybe a little early to what feels like the Latin, call it flavor, right. genre is just right. at the one of the best points it's ever been in a yeah. long time in the crossover world. Mm -hmm. So can you give me a little bit on, number one, the excitement for Man to come kind of like, at a good time, right? Yeah, it's a good time. I and think so. it feels like a lot of what you've built from the brand unified with globalization, unified with the different platforms that you got going on. You're explaining on. it very well. Uh, <laughs> Tokome, it's kind of like the the best of both worlds. Like, you put together you put together local people. What I learned from local people, what I learned from trumpets, yeah. and it kind of blends into Tokome, which is up-tempo, but has the elements of right. 100 BPMs, right. right? And you're right about that. Trumpets came really early into the trend. Yeah. But I'd say that helped it. Yeah. Because sure. being early, it's not a bad thing if no. um, everyone else falls. Then. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> what happened with local people is that it came uh, in a weird time because I did the song, but then the music turned into EDM. Right. And EDM wasn't, it was never my thing. I never felt it. I never liked it. Um, okay. That's why maybe I really don't have the. Um, the high for festivals because they play mostly at the end and I'm like right. okay I don't really okay. yeah, translate to that. yeah I like more sexy music and all that but never nobody really followed up on that lane and it's just now that I see the need of you know 128 that's sexy and I actually align more with you know the Fisher line or the Dom Dollar line yeah. that's house that's you put playful house yeah. that, that has in this case doesn't have Latin elements but if you put the Latin elements on that it's going to be really good, right? Yeah. So I see this trend right now that's starting. 
And there's a need because as a DJ, sometimes I'm like, what can I play that's 128, but it's not EDM and not, and not like really like house that, that's really complicated. Right. And I find nothing besides what I told you. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and you think the Latin music's going up tempo from here on out? You think that's what? Yeah, the going? it's probably going to happen the same way the promoters are booking DJs. Mm -hmm. it, that's going to ha it's going to be like a you know it's going to be a it's going to feed itself. Yeah. Because we've had I think the peak of 100 BPMs. It's already passed. Like the greatest songs on that BPM had already been written. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Starting with Major Laser and then with the Latin stuff, mm -hmm. I think even Major Laser went to 126 in the last song because right. I think they feel that too. Mm -hmm. um, so it's time like you get you get you can get stuck to a BPM. It's really difficult to evolve. Your brain's like oh I'm going in circles. I need to change something, and the BPM is always the best thing to change. Right. As a producer, it gives you a new perspective. So I think there's gonna be like a new wave of. 128 that's not going to be EDM because that was the problem with 128 that it was EDM and people were like no yeah. go to 100 but right. now it's past some time and, and it's time to go back to that because mm. you know music is cycles right. and I've seen I mean I'm old enough to have seen some cycles and it always goes back like to where it was but just slightly different right like look at that Yankee he was doing it at 2004 5 mm -hmm. and 2016 right what happened in between? Right. Yeah. Well, same as hip hop. Yeah. Right now it's killing it. Right. But in the 2012, 2015, yeah. it wasn't Damn, that dance good. Dance music well, took over. When, yeah. And when you really think about it, right, just doing this, the simple math, like 90s hip hop sampled a lot of 70s, 60s music. So that 20, 30 year gap would influence what was going on currently. Yeah. Fast forward to the last time that, you know, in the two, early 2000s, right? You had that first bit of reggaeton coming out and and a lot of the up-tempo music's now been gone for about 10 plus years. So it feels like it's just around that cusp. I mean, we're, we're seeing it in hip-hop now, like you said, they're sampling a ton of 2000s R&B and it's been very successful. And I think we're finally at that point where it's like, man, it's been 10 plus years that now we can go and sample, you know, the different yeah, up-tempo vibes. And I think like, also, it's very important that the music always follows, at least the Western music always follows like ec ec economical cycles. Yeah. Like if you look at how big the house music was before the 2008 crash. Yeah. And then it turned into EDM. Which yeah. I would say like it went from being a steakhouse to a Burger King. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, now people again have more money. The yeah. unemployment, at least in the United States, is low. Yeah. And most of the Western countries have good rate right now. Yeah. The recession that was supposed to happen last year didn't happen, maybe. But right now, everything is like, okay, people's going to be listening to more elite music, like house yeah. or hip hop right. than, you know, just uh, music that's hardstyle or something like that. Because people don't need to go crazy because right. they have, you know, things. So they want to show off instead of, you know, breaking them. Yeah, because they're angry. They're not that angry right now. I'd say that maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, I could, we. I think that you're right on on time with that. Yep. Yeah. I want to know favorite city you spun at in in the states. Favorite city in the favorite states. country you spun at overseas. Favorite city in the states. I'll say L.A. L.A. Yeah. Hmm, okay. Because there's nothing that can beat the fact that when you play in a city that you live in, 
yeah. mm. and your friends come, that's in, yeah. that's, that's basically you okay. Know. All right. And what was the other one? Uh, favorite country overseas. Favorite country overseas? Uh, I would say right now Finland. Finland. Mm. Yeah, because mm. I've been there. Mm. I've been going there a lot, and uh, I'm really having fun with people. There, they like the. They actually. They seem like a cold country, but they have a lot of like twerk movement there, and I, mm. they really mm. like you my music. The and, twerk contest, right? Yeah, I did a twerk. I was a judge at the work contest. <laughs> I didn't work. Uh, I could have, but no. <laughs> I suggested it, but they said no. Just like, stick, no. stick to the being judge. Yeah. And uh, but you know, Spain was also good, but I haven't played in Spain for a long time right now. I don't okay. know why, but I think this year I'm having a, I'm a couple of gigs in summer there. So go. There you go. Oh, Finland. Huh. Yeah. Finland. I'm gonna check, check that, that out. Huh? <laughs> no, that was no. It is great, man, and and it's it's a small country, but they really like all the Scandinavian countries are good, and and all the uh, like Poland and Russia, even yeah. like, they really know how to party. Eastern Europe. I actually have a family in Sweden. I've, I've never gone to Sweden. So. Mm. Oh, there's your, go. There's there you go. Reason, I guess. Right? There's your motive. Um, before we get out of here, uh, I I remember you had um, you had expressed to me how important it was to. When you got to LA and DJing at Avalon, um, and I thought that was a really cool story for how important it was for your brand to DJ at Avalon. Oh, it was. It was because just amazing. People like Dylan Francis came out, who's probably been a fan of yours for a while. Then he saw that, or he wanted to see it live in person. Yeah, I don't know if he even knew me before that night, but <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but the thing is that you made that happen with Chris. Mm-hmm. At the time, uh, and I did a Barnaton event. I just came in the city. I just moved, and I did my event. And the good thing about the city, like a lot of people showed up, and a lot of DJs showed up. Yeah. So yeah. I met all basically all the scene, um, about you know, and about everyone. And I made friends with them. Dylan came, and and you know, so that was me saying I'm here and let's work. And mm-hmm. after that, I did a lot of you know more parties and uh, being kind of connected with everyone. You started which, doing underground parties in yeah, LA. Yeah, like the, the underground. Which is a really, really fun scene. The LA scene is just, I mean, it's the, the better scene that there is, mm-hmm. right? I want to go underground. The problem, the problem with the LA scene <laughs> is that it's very LA. Right, and you you right, got to right. be careful about it because you, you cannot think that the LA is the, the wall because then you, yeah. you basically you're stuck. Yeah. But as a consumer and, and as a DJ, uh, like I, I, would, I would DJ here every day. Mm. Every day, yeah. no have question. You, have you been to, um, or have you been to uh, Al Tuntun? Al Tuntun? No, yeah. I don't no. think so. The uh, Spanish party, Latin party. No, out here. Uh, well, a friend of mine is, is pushes it. Mm-hmm. Um, Andres. Uh, it's usually at either Poppy or Peppermint Club. Oh no! Mm. So no, definitely haven't done that. We're next nice. next time. Maybe we'll all take a field trip together. But yeah. nice, nice little uh, four dudes walking in. Sure, uh, easy. I mean. That's what we built this network Good for. Stuff. Right. There's always something. They just got I a mean, shout out. Come on. <laughs> There's always something like right? this going on. Right? More guys to come. You got to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought about doing like a Latin podcast? Uh, In Espanol? I thought of it. Actually, um, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of doing, you know, not podcasts, but maybe like videos on YouTube. Okay. Uh, and I was like, I was talking to my YouTube partners and I said, I want to do it in Spanish. And they said, yes, but do it in English. <laughs> well, the, great, it, but but the reason is because it pays more, uh, and they're 
they're getting a cut. So like they do it in English. Yeah. But I'm probably going to do it in, in both. Just be like, we'll give you closed caption. Narcos is hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to do it in both. Because, I mean, that too. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. English, because the thing is that I'm shy to do it in English because my accent is not that good. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's difficult to understand what I say. Uh-huh. At least when I, uh, when I try to listen to myself, like speaking yeah. after... I do a podcast or something. Yeah. I'm like, what? What did I say, man? Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, we and understand what you're saying. Yeah, because you're used to me, but <laughs> <laughs> you have no viewers right now. <laughs> just so you know. Um, yeah, but you know, I'll have both. Yeah. Go. Oh. Yeah, and what what do you got coming up? What can you get the uh, listeners excited for? Tokome is going to release, or should out be now. out by now. It's out right now. Tokome is out right now. Then. Uh, there's going to be another thing with Takami happening soon that I cannot really talk about. It sounds like it's... it's Like a remix? It sounds something? like there's room for an yeah. artist to get on it. And that's probably uh, might what be you a, can't might be the on, case. But, but, that, but I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm looking might forward to it. Might be the that. case. It'll be in my globalization mixes for sure. Thank you. I appreciate and, that. And DJing anywhere in the country? Uh, well, I have EDC Mexico. EDC coming Mexico. Coming up. Then this year, for some reason, well, maybe I explained that reason before, but I'm getting a lot of bookings in South America. I go, I go to Bolivia. Nice. I go to Panama. Oh, yeah. I have, um, what else? Yeah, Spain. Finland. No, this year I don't, I don't play in Finland. I play in Estonia. Estonia. Because Estonia. it, it oh, went yeah. through the Finnish promoter and I'm like, Finland, but it's Estonia. Oh. Mm. It's a festival. and um, What's the name of the festival? Wagon Festival. It's okay. more like a uh, reggae festival. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Rhythm. So last year they Rhythm. had uh, Walshy Fire, actually. Hey. And Shout so, you know, at the end, it's just the same people all the time, but, you know. Right, right, right. And, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff. And then uh, music-wise, then I have this song with uh, Kashmir. Okay. Uh, uh, that's coming out, I suppose, soon. I'm, I'm, I laugh at that because you, you said that he reached out to you for, to help on a song. Yeah, well, and you were using his... His like, um, what would you do? Like, fucking Kashmir, who's the best producer in the yeah, world, comes to his you with drums. The, you were using with, his with an almost in with his, an almost song. finished song, and says, "What would you do?" And I'm like, "Put it out." <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, Sack uses Kashmir's drums on on some some of his songs, so he was just gonna use the same shit. Kashmir, I had to go to YouTube shit. and sample a fucking carnival band or something, not to use his. Drums. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I did something to it. I, I added some drums. Maybe you like it. <laughs> but you know, he's the best producer that that there is. There's no no one better. Right. And I'm like, yeah, let's. If you do that something from scratch, it's different. But right. he basically sent a perfect idea, and I was even ashamed. Like, what am I supposed to do here, yeah. man? You like, it's like, I don't know. It's like Messi comes to me. I'm like. Teach me something. I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> no, man, no. Hey, Sack's nice on the soccer field. Is he? Yeah, just to throw that out there. <laughs> no, thank you. He's got skills. I believe you. Okay. We play together. In no, I'm, re- I'm, I'm really bad. You're much better. The Beat Source, uh, represented Beat Source yeah. in the tournament. Well, he's got the hair. I think it's in the hair. The power's in his hair. Mm. Yeah, probably it's not. There. <laughs> <laughs> probably did, not. Did the song with the, I don't know if you're allowed to say it out loud, but did the song with the guy with the helmet, come out yet 
Can you say his name? Or yeah, with with Marshmallow. Yeah. Um, we did a song together. <laughs> the I, I didn't know what he can talk about. What? Yeah, yeah, I can talk about it because it never actually came out. Oh, okay. Uh, but but you did a, you did a track for him and it just. Yeah, we did we did a, a a demo and then I think French Montana sang on it and I was like, huh. No, it was good. So it was three good, years from now, I like hear a track with Marshmallow and about French it. Montana. But then I think they they didn't want. They wanted to use that song for another thing, but well, whatever. I didn't want to chase it because it was mostly because I knew him before, like he was really big, and it was, was more like a guy. friends hang at the studio. And I'm like, yeah. ah man, if you want to put it out, just put it out. If if you don't put it, you don't put it out, and don't put it out. It's just yeah. because we had fun. I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen him like in a long time. And yeah. I was like, yeah, let's hang, man. Let's do that for sure. Did you have to sign the um, NDA? Before going into a studio with him, like you can't take pictures with him. No, because some people they don't know who they still don't know who he is. No, I think it's I didn't take pictures. You think it's known that he is that guy now? That he's dot com. Yes. Okay. No, it's, it's, it's really well known. I think. Okay. I now don't, I don't know now. what the kids know. He's a he's a great person, man. He seems really cool. He's really good. Like one of these people that I don't know. I, mean, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but last time I spoke, he was already super big, and he's as humble as the first time I met him. So that's cool. Yeah, and uh, you know Mo, his manager. Uh, yeah. He's also one of these kind of persons that is just is just good to everyone. Yeah. And what they built, because I've seen it from the beginning. Yeah. What they built is amazing, right. and uh, they did everything independently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't follow, you know, the standards. They just did what they felt was right, and there they are. Look at them now. Just a kid from the IE. And a, yeah. and a, Producer and boom, an idea. Yeah, Crazy. I actually saw him do Avalon as dot com. Oh, yeah, nice. and, and and then he was that was when like remixing trap songs was a thing, like Rick Ross, Marble Floors. And I was like, oh, I, I play all this guy's remixes in the club, and then I was like, oh, here he is. Oh, it's a it's a great product, and I'm sure they have uh, these talks all the time about branding because you know his brand yeah, is basically. Well, he probably wasn't I don't know but I like to think he probably wasn't going anywhere with .com you know what I mean like he was a very talented producer but I didn't see any moves that were being made that made me think oh this is the next dude or this guy's gonna blow is so there? I feel like whatever he did was like let me take a step back rebrand. the problem with DJs uh, is that a lot of the, a lot of the DJs that there are it's difficult to build brands uh that are based on a guy pushing buttons. It's really complicated. Yeah. There's just a few people that can do it. Like Diplo. Diplo has the most um, like weird brand because he's it, like, it, but in a good way. Right. Yeah. Like people don't really know what music Diplo does. Yeah. He's not stuck to one sound. But people know him and fuck with him a lot because of, you know, his looks, obviously, but the way he interacts with everything. Now he's a cowboy, whatever. You know, but <laughs> I find it really genius because he stands out. Yeah. And that's about that's about it. Like you have to stand out. And Diplo does it in a big way. And and yeah. and he has many projects. And as a DJ, I don't even know what music is gonna play. But but I know the brand, it and it works. Same as Dylan Francis. And but there's a lot of DJs that are in this like like I mean, it's like, where's your brand? Yeah. Like, I know you're good. I know you can do good stuff. And if I was at your set, I would have fun. But would I follow you? 
besides your music? And that's the that's the that's the key question. Yeah. Like because if you just follow someone because of the music, it's gonna take you, well, Spotify maybe or right, you know. Right. But if you really want to engage with a brand, you need to offer more, and it's your you have to do it. Right now, it, there's no other way to do it. Yeah, I think that's spot on because there's so many people also in this world that like they have a following, but would you? support would you put up money right like can you sell something and is your brand that strong or you know i think sometimes what takes you even further and i think the thing about diplo is like people like to support people that just show their personality and i think once you're able to show that um people value that and and will follow that versus you know just clicking onto the next thing you know i think for us, you know, I'm I'm super grateful to have uh, and be a part of the Mickey D's brand mm-hmm. because that for us putting us together gives us a new opportunity to show our relationship. This is just who we are. There just happens to be some microphones <laughs> in the room, and someone was stupid enough to give no, us. But microphones. that's the, that's that's the way to go. I told him yesterday that podcasting and communicating is the only thing that's going to yeah. be left at the yeah. end because you have to communicate what you do. I just, I mean. There's so many things going on right now that you have to explain yourself yeah. at least to some extent. Yeah, because it's funny. It's just you, you think about it, right? Like Instagram, you, the, the things that you say like get the most engagement, right? Like you look like you're trying to make yourself look as big as possible. I got this fat house, this fat crib, whatever angles, whatever, or I'm doing this crazy <laughs> big crowd and festival. But then you also have to be able to provide a content that you're not an asshole that has an ego. And you show that you're a human being and can relate to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think you got to be able to connect to people, and it's important. So yeah, yeah. The, like the fan, like people. So fans are really important. Yeah. Because um, you need them to grow your brand. Also, you need to listen what they say because mm-hmm. you know it's basically part of yourself, yeah. right? It's you need the core fans and everything that comes with it. You need to tag along with them there's no other way you cannot be the attached to these people yeah you cannot be rude to these people um yeah. you know what i mean yeah and the only way to keep this flowing is communicating there's yeah. no like if you just post pictures of yourself like looking good and stuff <laughs> i mean only diplo can do that <laughs> if you're not diplo you have to communicate right because diplo, yeah. diplo is the only guy that can just post something and no caption and people still react right. to it but yeah. you gotta say something because I mean, I want to hear, like, and right now people really are eager for content. Like, they really yeah. spend time watching stuff and wanting to know more than yeah. there is because the, the pictures are not enough and people are, are, are smarter right now than they were before. Yeah. The kids today are, mo- are more smart than the kids my time. That's, right. that's a fact. That's, that it is. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, episode 34. Go get Tokame. Tokame. We are out of here. Thanks for coming out, man. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Had a great time. Wish you all the best. Thank Thank you. you. And uh, music picks. Sex. You want to drop Tokame as your pick? Why not? Why not? (laughs) Why not? Why not? All right. um, This is... uh, Tokame by Zach Noel, Salvi, and Franklin Dam. Franklin Dam.
Tocame by Sack Noel and uh, Mike, you got yours ready? All right, so for my pick this week, I'm gonna go with A Boogie with the hoodie featuring Roddy Rich, Gunna, and London on the track. This is numbers. You mad nigga, your adrenaline rushing it feel like a bus, but I'm whipping a rave. Got my head to the ceiling, want me in my feelings, only got me feeling away. I ain't saying I'm addicted, out of rip prescription, fuck it, cause I don't feel the pain. Let a nigga touch my chain, fuck it, nigga, kill him, fuck it, make it take me away. I got my dogs in this bitch, I know they gon' shoot shit up. And my little brother turned to a drummer, walking my side, now he got the lumber. I said that Maybach, where the gays at? Tell my brothers, ball a hundred summers. All my niggas know, run up them numbers. Fuck, run up them numbers. Yeah. Run up them numbers, okay, see you don't want no thunder The old Tracy McGrady the one, okay, see you don't want no thunder Yeah, Christian the sweater, okay, Christian Dio the sweater The double R came with the umbrella When I put the hoodie on, it get rid of Put a hundred thousand in my prodigy Got some little homies, got some prodigy And I spent five hundred on prodigy Made out the prodigy, popping overseas Shawty gave me sloppy toppy on the seat I made some cars, you can't cop the fleet Gotta be an anti-social gangster Cause the fans watching my tweets you mad nigga, your adrenaline rushing, it feel like a bus, but I'm whipping the rave. Got my head to the ceiling, want me in my feelings, only got me feeling away. I ain't saying I'm addicted, out of a prescription, fuck it, cause I don't feel the pain. Let a nigga touch my chain, fuck it, nigga, kill him, fuck it, nigga, take me away. I got my dogs in this bitch, I know they gon' shoot shit up. And my little brother turned to a drummer, walking my side, now he got the lumber. I tell that Maybach, where the gays at? Tell my brothers, ball a hundred summers. All my niggas know, run up them numbers. Fuck, run up them numbers. Fuck it, I ran out the numbers, paid up like a plumber, and sold out a bundle. I paid out the debt to your honor, one got some thumbers, and thumbers, and thumbers. You let it get to your head, yeah, I remember when you was around. I heard you got snapped by the fear, yeah, say you willing to tell them what I'm doing. I still be chilling in projects, even though I've been running them thumbs up. They used to tell me I'm not next, I'm like, look at me now. All right, that was A Boogie with the hoodie, featuring Roddy Rich Gunner and London on the track with numbers. Uh, next up, my man. DJ Rel. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to go with 35 by my brother Dubree, produced by Andre Cox and myself. Go check that out on all streaming platforms. Let's go. Like that artwork. Yeah. 35. Hits on the hits on All day, all night. Fumbling play of signs Like hell no, hell no, hell no, hell no You suck to the groove, what we gon' do? Making these moves, playing moves Don't tell y'all, hell no, hell no, hell no Speed is on light, the keys to the right Ain't putting shit in park, unless you gon' ride Clouds at our feet, giving halos to the beat, giving halos to these voices while I'm watering these seeds. Get out of 
my lane. The boy's insane. I don't show no mercy. Ain't in my plane. Belly is stained. Lift it up for the game. Guess I'm riding the game. I can see through the haze. Been tough through the rain. Taking all these names. Taking all these names. Day, day, all night. I'm in the Like hell no, hell no, hell no I'm charged up, it's not love Cutting through the mud and the cut, show me love They can't tell me none, adding up my songs About to flip these thumbs, cover like some nuns Who said the young can't run? Chief flow, move ahead of me, make a sun Can't nobody intercept the goal Highest wave knocking at your soul All right, that was 35 by Debris. DJ Danger Zone, what you got for us? I got Dragon Ball Do Rag by Thundercat. That's Dragon Ball Do Rag by Thundercat. 
And your random fact for the day is the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, which is interesting because they believe in the Loch Ness Monster. 